if you're engaged in this process and you're mm-hmm. and you're walking with Jesus and you're allowing him to lead, we're just here to share. Like we're just super excited. This is what we've learned. Like I really got nothing else for you other than that. This is what works. This is how the light bulb failed. Like, you know, this yeah. is what didn't work. And it's awesome that other we can bless other leaders, other churches in that way. And by them coming here to have them bless us. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Hello and welcome back to Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast. I am here in St. John, Indiana with Father Sammy Maletta and Khalil Hattar. We're excited to talk to you about the theme of generosity. In all of my coaching, what I see churches often do when they start is they're focused on their parish, what can take place that can transform that. But if they're successful, that quickly turns to how can we help others? And that was my experience of you two from the very first day we met in Texas at an amazing parish conference. Welcome to the show today. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us, Ron. I guess it's welcome back for you, Father Sammy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Some of you yeah. might recognize this studio. You might recognize yeah. Father Sammy. So it's exciting to talk about that. But again, at the very beginning, when I met the both of you, I saw a really strong passion for impact, a belief that God can do anything, and a drive to make that happen. And it wasn't just for yourself. You guys had a call from the very first day I encountered you to equip and inspire other leaders to turn around their churches. Where did that come from? You know, I don't I don't know. It was certainly not an intentional thought on our part. It just seemed like to be a natural thing because, you know, we look at and we started off like everybody else, like, what the heck do you do? I, there's no book. That's why we're writing a book, because I'll give you some principles to do this. But um, That was a great plug. You know. That was good. So at any rate, I mean, we started off, and was, really, I was frantic to find anything mm. that, how do you do this? How does this new evangelization work, or how do we get it done? And so now, as this thing has continued to develop, there's a certain satisfaction, you might even call it pride, Mm-hmm. that we have in this. But right next door to that feeling is we want to share this. Right. I, I would like, when I look, we when I walk home Sunday from the services across the parking lot to the rectory and I'm lifted up, my feeling is I wish every parish in the world, mm-hmm. every priest in the world could walk away from a Sunday liturgy feeling as grateful and as lifted up as I do. And that's kind of been what we've set out to do. Mm-hmm. And again, not with a lot of thought. Right. And then also, and you need to chime in because I'll keep sure. talking. With <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of thought, people started contacting us from other dioceses. Okay. So other parishes would contact us. Um, a lot of people visit here because of the Shrine of Christ Passion. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one guy that keeps writing his pastors, oh, yeah, demanding right. yeah. them that they come and see us. Some of that stuff's a little embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. When well, like, yeah. people get really excited yeah. and kind of yeah. put the heat on their pastors. Yeah, that, that. but don't see, see us. Like, talk to your pastor, but like, <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. That is awkward. You know, Ron, I think it's, uh, 
I agree with what Father said, but for us, I've been very fortunate enough to have been with Father for seven years along for the journey and to be able to engage in it. It was a radical look inward and just an honest examination of ourselves. Are we as individuals the disciples that God calls us to be? Mm-hmm. Are we living in that life with integrity? And when you do that, we started to organically, naturally look outward. Yes. Because we want to be disciples who make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so that just doesn't mean for the person in the pew, although that's who we're speaking to, we want you to be a disciple and then go forth and make disciples. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for our team? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for our organization? What does that mean for our culture? How can we take what we're growing into, the blessings and the grace that God's given us, and then share as much as we can, mm-hmm. radiate it back into the larger church. I love yeah. how you say that you're growing into it because there's never been a point in the work that I've done at St. Benedict Parish that we ever felt we arrived. <laughs> we were always continually growing into the leaders that that we needed to be for the church, for this generation, for this time, because it's it's dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And I think you highlight something that is important. It's also in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really got, it begins with you. Yes. So uh, pastors, uh, parish priests, you want renewal in your parish. You got to start with yourself mm-hmm. and that's not easy. You right. got to be honest. You got to look at yourself. You got to be humble. You got to say, I've made mistakes, mm-hmm. um, just human. And you've got to cling to Christ like you never did before. Mm. And then when when you become a disciple, it's kind of contagious. And part of discipleship is you can't keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you just want to talk about it all right? the time. You're you so went, excited about I, it. I You're want you fun. to feel this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, it's like, well, you, when you read a good book, what do you do? You share it. You tell people you should mm. read this book. You go to a good restaurant. Oh, wow, you got to go here. Mm-hmm. You find the source of life, the salvation, the king of kings. Yeah. How could you keep that to yourself? Yeah. Amen. You know, that's what a disciple does. Yeah. And so you're finding that when we look at this from a, a place of a, an entire parish, a movement of grace, it works. What I'm hearing you say is, yes, that's for, for you, for us personally, as we encounter Christ and his forgiveness and everything else, but corporately too, as we start to lean into things that bring life to others, that start to make new disciples, mobilize the evangelize. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. I wonder if we could help anybody else with the learnings that we've stumbled across or, or, or leaned yeah. into, right? Want to share saying, it, yeah. constantly want to mm-hmm. share it, Yeah. In part, we share because we're learning so much from others. Right. And so it's like none of this, it's not mm-hmm. fair for us to hold it on right. and yeah. hold it for ourselves. We exist in Northwest Indiana, mm-hmm. and we want to impact the people here as directly and as powerfully as we can. Mm. But it's not our direct responsibility to impact the people in Nova Scotia right. or the people in Melbourne. Right. Or the people, but what we can do is develop a network of colleagues and like-minded individuals who are on fire for Jesus, for his church, the power of the gospel to transform, and just to feed on these best practices. And you go out, you make the difference in your communities, be the change that God wants you to be in your area, because that's not on us. We're not trying to be that. (laughs) Right. Right. It's great that we have media and you've got a podcast and like how many people can you speak to about leadership principles, but it's up for you to like, Make it your own. 
let the spirit speak through you and then be that person, be that agent that, that God wants you to be. That was such the vision when, when I started to coach, just realizing that we were really experiencing some beautiful fruit of transformed lives and systemically making changes and growing in ways that were really exciting. We were influenced by Patrick Lencioni, Holy Trinity Brompton, um, all kinds of different yeah. influences, the books that we read. We do book studies as an entire church. We were constantly growing and evolving from the wisdom and insights of people that have gone before us in different areas, mm -hmm. to your point. What are some of the influences that you guys have had as you've gone down this road of transformation and leadership? And Well, we could talk about books. That was the first, I mean, as we look for, Sherry Wendell's book was just a slap in the face. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah. No, it really was. It was like, oh, I thought it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. Right. That brought an urgency to yeah. this. And then... Um, we read uh, Michael White's book, and that was like, as we were reading that book, I kept telling everybody on staff, I read it first, and it's like, this is our story. This guy's been here. He knows this is exactly what we, and we've made some of the same exact choices that he made. And then I said, my God, I could have written this book. This is our story. It's so amazing. Well, I'm going to shout out Tom Corcoran, too, because as the pastoral so yeah, yeah, I'm going to give right. Tom some love. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. good work, guys. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was really, uh, but then... Um, uh, Bishop Melzik, who, as you know, passed away today, he, yes. for Christmas, so. gave us a divine renovation. Oh, I didn't, and, I didn't know that either. Yeah, he gave every priest divine renovation, huh. and it was on my stack. And I was talking to a, a diocesan priest, and I was telling him how excited I was about Michael White. He said, well, you need to read Divine Renovation. I mm -hmm. said, well, what's that? Because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, like, I have the book that is telling you everything. I don't know. He says, no, the bishop gave it to us. I said, the bishop gave us a book. <laughs> <laughs> so I then looked through that stack, and I found it, and I sat down, and, oh, my goodness. I, I would say that had, for me, um, James Mellon put together the theology, mm -hmm. the pastoral experience, the movement of the Spirit, mm -hmm. and just really spoke to my heart. And uh, absolutely convinced. But we'll talk a little bit more about his influence because that's been major. Yes. Um, but then we read uh, a couple books called The Simple Church. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of um, Protestant. Uh, Autopsy of a Deceased Church. Autopsy, Even yeah. That's a neat name for a book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I read that one. Well, that was really interesting because what they did is they, they went to all the churches that had died. Yes. And they found the members of that the people who belong to that church and interviewed them. Mm -hmm. And then the very clear reason why churches die, because they won't change. Right. Yeah. So simple church told us we better focus. And that's when we came up mm -hmm. with be disciples, make disciples. So good. Yeah. It really does capture what we're supposed to be about. I mean, just, and then it was trying to build the culture in, into that. So those books were really influential. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, D Divine Renovation. We went to the conference that was in Canada, yeah. which I often ER say. ER-16. Yeah. If, first one. Yeah. If Khalil had told me how many times we had to change planes, I would have never <laughs> attended. Welcome to we kept the itinerary down. really tight. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm not, like, into details, you know, and so he takes advantage of that sometimes. So. <laughs> like a good wise <laughs> associate yeah. does. And, and all, through, all, sometimes. Through, all through Divine Renovation, sometimes. the book, it, it kept talking about this thing called Alpha. Right. And so I kept, I, 
as I'm reading the book, I'm calling the people in my staff, my basically my senior leadership together. What is this alpha thing? What is mm-hmm. it? And our evangelist at that time, because we had at that point had an evangelist. Yeah. Um, he said, no, we don't need to do that because one, it's too expensive. And two, which he knew would like me think, oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was free. <laughs> yeah. Then I found out it was free. Yeah. Uh, and, but we can do this. We can do something like this on our own. Right. So. He, well, and it's not Catholic, right? The, right. That yeah. was the other thing. It was, yeah. it's really not Catholic. That, yeah. It doesn't really fit our thing. And so uh, trying to be collaborative, I, I said, okay. So then we went to the conference and then we went to your session. Right. And you were talking about if you don't do alpha right, mm-hmm. it, it won't work. Mm-hmm. It's got to be done a certain way. Or, But you were so compelling that we literally walked out of there and I called everyone in the hallway. It was in a school. Right, Remember, down yeah. St. Vincent University, yeah. And I said, we're doing alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's had... Really big impact. All yeah, those things you. led us to, I mean, we were trying to do things and we were stumbling. I think the spirit gives you a heart for a renewal mm-hmm. nice. and will lead you place. That's why when we read Rebuilt, it was so similar because we had been there. Yes. We had this hunger for more. We, we thought church could be more. Uh, and frankly... It's just painful as a pastor to see so many people leave the church. Yeah. Even ironically, because you should be, it's really kind of a weird thing when they leave the Catholic church for evangelical church because mm-hmm. they're drawing closer to the Christ, which you want. Yes, which you, you always be, wanted, but weren't able to accomplish. Right. It's like, it just feels so f- like a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, those, those things were motivating, at least in my heart, that we had to move forward. Love it. And then Khalil came on board seven years ago, and we just clicked. Our strengths, our weaknesses, mm-hmm. I mean, they just, it's like a nice, snug fit. Yeah, you guys really are Starchkin Hutch. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that reference relevant to people today? Is one of the, is, no, it's are we just like Shaq and Kobe? Is, like, but probably to one, was, was one of those guys bald? <laughs> I didn't start out this way. All right, this is seven years of ministry. Well, and a wife and two kids. Who are <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Yeah. What are some of the other influences that come to mind, Khalil, yeah. when you think? Well, about I want to pick up on what Father said. Yeah, please. It's like we're doing stuff organically because we're just responding to the moment that we're in, which I think a lot of yeah. churches are probably doing. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to respond to the right. moment that they're currently in and to be faithful. And what the books did, what the conference did, what subsequent mm-hmm. conferences did. Amazing parish. Amazing parish, mm-hmm. subsequent DRs, like it's mm-hmm. networks that were spun off. What they did was they showed us that other churches are also trying to do this. Mm-hmm. We're not going it alone. And to go back to the earlier comment, we can learn and share and grow together, right? It's not this bubble thing. We're not radicals Yeah, in the truest sense because there's others that we can accompany on this journey mm-hmm. of parish renewal. So that was like really just refreshing. I bet. Um, so that's why we started given like, it was really father's wisdom. If you're on staff, you got to read these books. Right. Well, at the time we didn't know why we were doing it. Like it was just more of a formation thing. But what you helped with Ron was like, mm-hmm. culture is so important. Mm-hmm. So we're forming culture. And it's like, how do we form culture? Let's start with the basis of let's get on the same page. To start speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
And you've just helped us ramp that to the, just the nth degree. I want to talk about that for a second because I think one thing I really want to emphasize to people watching this is at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, we went through a, a series of different organizations and coaching mm -hmm. and all wonderful people. No, yes. uh, no, no, there's no ill no. good will. intent. Good big intent. Vision, big but it just wasn't working. And many times I felt like, well, there is no, there is no guide to help us. We're, if we're going to get to the next level, we're just going to have to figure it out on our own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God's going to take us there. I don't know how, but it's not going to be through this coaching. And then we had you. <laughs> and I remember I wanted to quit the um, arrangement with divine renovation because my leadership team after one meeting said, hey, Father, why are we doing this? It's not working. Mm -hmm. And so then you called and you wanted, you said, I don't want to let you guys go. Would you mind us? Would you let me? So he comes back and he tells me this. Uh, all right, we'll try it. And that first meeting was like, we were blown away. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, because again, it's got to have that chemistry. So if you're trying out there and it's not working, don't stop trying. Right. Keep there's the Holy Spirit is on your side and is going to guide you sooner or later to the right person. That chemistry will be there. Same way with your teams. Mm. I mean, we have a team now that is again snug. Right. I mean, yeah, it, that works like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I've been a priest for forty-two years. I've not had that mm. the last what three or four years. That's been such a blessing. That you know, great. You're recording an episode after this with one of our team members, That's Louis right. Kane. Yeah. You guys have to tune in for this. Like Louis is just <laughs> a rock star. We're so blessed to have somebody like him on staff. Yeah. So just a little little plug little for, plug him for when that. He, yeah, when he comes yeah. in. Yeah, I love that. Definitely want to get to know him. I think what you say is so important and it, it it's an it's it can't be overstated is is don't give up. And and I'd be I'd like to think that, hey, I'm the answer to everybody's coaching needs, and I'm not. There were several people in my time with Divine Renovation that I was coaching that I just wasn't connecting with. I liked them. They liked me. Right. We respected each other, but that chemistry wasn't there. And then I hand them over to a different coach and boom, they take off and they're yeah, still yeah. in coaching to this day. It's like, that's so cool. It reminds me of that. that I'm going to butcher it because I'm terrible at hearing quotes. <laughs> me but too. that Edison thing, you can fail a thousand times and making right. a light bulb doesn't make you a failure. You just know a thousand ways not how to make a light bulb. Right. Right. You just keep at it. And it's like for us, every time we felt like we stumbled, we learned something new, brushed ourselves off and like, all right. And sometimes it was like a grind. Mm -hmm. Let's keep at it. Eventually, God's forming us along the way. You come in the picture, click. Yes. And, and That's going to happen differently for different parishes. And also, I think it's very important is if you really, you need some objective outside source. To spur you on. Mm -hmm. How has that helped you specifically? Would you say, or not, not even specifically, but maybe. Well, I like that question. From a pair. Yeah. Okay. Good, good question. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, I think that we we kind of get into rhythms, and you can only see what you can see. Right. Um, and then someone walks in that gives you a totally different perspective, and all of a sudden the light bulbs go on. Your mind, all of a sudden, it's this 
we have a very highly apostolic uh, leadership team. And so the, the ideas just start exploding one after another. It's like fireworks in the room. Sure. Meanwhile, we're complaining, like, why don't we get anything done? <laughs> why do our meetings suck? It's like, we're not getting anything out well, of them. But Ron helped us with that, too. Yeah, so that, 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 because you need, because we were struggling. We have all these great ideas. And we're so excited. Yeah. Why is it? And for me, it's like, let's move. Let's move. Let's yeah. get it done. Let's get it done. That's, you know, the prophet in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to get to the promised land, you know? But. We really needed that outside person to come in and say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow. Then you say to yourself, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) 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 And I think the same thing. When people come to us, the the different parishes that have come to us, and we usually, uh, we try, because we're really committed to this. Mm -hmm. We want to share what we have with anyone who wants it. Sure. So when a parish calls priests, their staff, whatever it might, their parish mm-hmm. council, whatever it might be, we pull out all plugs. I mean, yeah. we sit down with them. We carve out a day. It is important. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn as much from right. them. That's what sure. I get the kick out of. It's like, okay, I already know what we're doing, and I'm happy to share. I love sharing. Yeah. But it's like, what are you guys doing? What have you guys learned? Where have you guys put your foot in your mouths? Where, what are you guys celebrating right now? Right. And it's like with every group, there's always something. And isn't that beautiful where we can just rejoice together Mm -hmm. and we can kind of like lick our wounds together a little bit. That's what I find in coaching. I learn so much from the clients that I serve. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've made some mistakes before other people have in the work that I've done in Parish Renewal. And yet I'm always learning from them as it continues. And there's a couple of things I want to pick up on. One of them. Father Sam, you said that stack of books. I can't tell you how many ministry trips I've been on in my travel when I wind up at the uh, rectory and see the pastor's office. And I look, it's the same books. <laughs> it's the same books that are being read mm-hmm. by men like you who have a heart for renewal and just this passion to somehow find a way to be unbelievably fruitful in our time and in our generation. And I just am so grateful for all those people that have written those those books. And, you know, the other pieces too, like my ministry, I have a coach, I have mentors, you know, so I too benefit from that third party who helps me lift my head up from the grind and the the things that I, I, I'm losing sight of because of my focus. And it's just so helpful. It's almost like a spiritual director. Yeah, yeah. doesn't have you have a spiritual director because you, you're walking your own walk, your own journey spiritually. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody objective talk. So now in the corporate reality of, mm-hmm. of parish, likewise, it's helpful yeah. to have somebody who has experience, who mm-hmm. has a fresh look on things to come and give you a hand. I love that spiritual director, just that analogy, because the spiritual director himself is also a sinner. You're, you're figuring out as well, mm-hmm. but... So it's it's not fair to us to like look to you or if you have a coach in your own parish, they're the expert. They're gonna, and we're gonna have these pedestal expectations. That's not fair. You're you're definitely a partner, right? And you have great insights, mm-hmm. and you you you're able to give us tools mm-hmm. to examine how we set ourselves up, how we move forward in ministry, that et cetera. But it's like I also understand that you're we're partnering together and we're walking together in this. Thing that we call mission right and that's that's the awesome thing 
it's, that's how we get excited and we rejoice. And you, and you know, the other things you got to, uh, I think we have to say this, that um, even though we're church mm-hmm. and we have a, a real strong tradition culture of what parish life is and what a parish, mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be run, well, this whole church renewal thing is leaning heavily on experts in the business world yeah. mm-hmm. who have seen, you know, they've seen certain trends of what works and what doesn't work. And we shouldn't, we're never going to be a business. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But there are some things that we can learn from the business world. Mm -hmm. Take like Patrick Lencioni is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff is so powerful, so helpful. Um, Likewise, I feel very strongly that our, especially our evangelical brothers and sisters, they're doing stuff that's, packing the churches they're making an impact on the world Mm -hmm. and we're never going to be evangelical Mm -hmm. we're catholic right but we can learn so many lessons from them and we shouldn't be afraid to do so amen and i think that goes both ways i was just listening to the greg cruchel's Mm -hmm. leadership podcast that you got me on the other day and and he's saying how excited he was from going from seven churches to 43 churches with the where the same church same message everything else I'm laughing my head off it sounds I'm thinking to myself it sounds pretty catholic to me yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know it's yeah. like they have a lot to learn mm-hmm. from us too and I, I know Bill Hybels used to say armed with enough humility we can learn from anyone yeah. and, and I think that's true but you know even if you look at your education you you studied business you studied law, civil law and canon law so you know it, it's like music music is music notes are notes you can put Christian words to it or non-Christian words to it, but music is music. I think leadership is leadership. Sure. And and there's certainly plenty of examples of amazing leadership and movement starting from Jesus. Uh, I think he's the ultimate teacher on leadership. In fact, Ken Blanchard, who wrote- There was actually a book called Jesus as CEO. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. It It was a little book, yeah. It was years ago. Ken Blanchard was the author of the One Minute Manager franchise. And I think it was Bill Hybels that brought him to faith when he was getting him to come speak at one of the leadership, global leadership summits. Mm -hmm. And he came to faith. And then when he started reading scripture, his insight was, oh my gosh, I thought I came up with all these principles, but I didn't. They're all in the Bible. And it was revolutionary for him because he did. He thought, but in his pursuit for truth, is him in his pursuit to make others great and to learn to lead in ways that brought life and wasn't oppressive and and got results. But you know, it's literally all in scripture. Yeah. yeah. Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. That's such a humbling reality. Yes. Don't get full of yourself. You're just you're your steward for this time. But another saying that I love because I love turning the, to the evangelical churches. Yes. I love Craig Groeschel, yeah. Life Church, what they're doing. Yes. It's just. The, the the line that comes to mind is whoever's for us can't be against us. Right. That's not William Wallace Braveheart. That's not Tupac. That's Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus turning to his apostles who tried to yeah. stop somebody else who wasn't in their group from performing and casting out demons in his name. Yes. So it's like if I look over to Life Church and I see they go from seven to 35 churches, however many they have now, in the span of 25 years. Mm-hmm. They're bearing fruit. What can we learn? What, what principles can we tease out and apply within our Catholic tradition? And even more importantly than their explosive growth, yeah. it's the impact they're having on individual lives. Yes. That's, that's the important thing. That's yes, the absolutely. most important. It's not growth for growth's sake. No. no. It, that growth mm-hmm. implies impact. 
Absolutely. And individuals also. Well, and, and I know for me, that was one of the big turning points for me in my visits to Holy Trinity Brompton in, in London, that the founders of Alpha, I remember being in a workshop one time, they were talking about leadership principles. It's one of the side workshops. And this guy's talking about church planting. And I said, yeah. what are you talking about? You guys are a lot like us being Anglican. You have bishops, you have parishes, you have like, what are you, you can't do that. That's for the non-denominational evangelicals. He said, no, no, no. He said, I hear what you're saying. We never plant a church without the bishop's blessing and permission and without the invitation of the church that we're going to plant in. But they're dead enough to realize they're not going to survive. And so we're able to, with the bishop's blessing, carve off maybe 20 or 30 families who are some of our best leaders and best givers, um, take one of our best associate pastors, and and that's not the term they use, but yeah. uh, and then plug them in and give them some resources to be successful. And because they've come out of this culture, they understand a particular language, they understand leadership, they can go there and it flourishes and blooms. And it's like, that just that was mind blowing for me and Father James. We were so excited. We never got to that place as at St. Benedict Parish. We never got there. It's always our hope and our dream. But one of the churches that I coached, uh, Father Michael Leclerc in in Montreal, he's in the process of doing that very oh, thing. Cool. And it's wow. so yeah, wow. Them. Like, isn't that exciting? And I see St. John the Evangelist. It would not surprise me in the slightest if at some point you guys weren't taking your DNA your passion, the capacity to to raise up leaders and bring people to faith and put on amazing liturgies and bring alive the sacraments and take that to another. I, that's my hope. There's, there's so much that you just said right now that I don't know which one to zero in on. <laughs> but the thing that we're focused on, <laughs> oh my God. they can only do that because they've been raising up leaders internally. That's right. Empowering them. Yep. So we started, we stopped calling our volunteers volunteers. They're ministry partners. Nice. Right? It's this idea oh, yeah. of parishioners, parishioners. They're not, our parishioners aren't parishioners. They're parish partners. Love this it. idea that we all have an equal stake in this thing called mission, right? This thing called church. It's not father's thing. It's not the deacon's thing. It's not even the guy on staff's thing or the gal. It's, we're all in this together. So Love what that. they're doing is they're raising up leaders, mm -hmm. empowering them, and then <laughs> that gives them the capacity if they have the vision and the support to go out. Yeah, to be generous. Yeah. And to bring it back to what Father said, sorry to cut you off. It's got to start with the pastor. Amen. Like, I just know too many buddies just having gone through seminary or just mm -hmm. been in church world where if their pastor isn't on board, it's not going anywhere. I know. And they can try as they might, but really, if the pastor has a heart for sharing his, the thing he's been entrusted with, which is the care of these people, if he really does that, it, like the sky's the limit. Like you're only throttled by your internal capacity with the people that you have surrounded again around you. Amen. And your desire to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Yes. And, and you know, the thing is, is that for a lot of people, I think they think of church renewal, like, well, what program do I need to do? Right. You know, alpha is, is as instrumental as alpha is. It is only an instrument. Amen. It's only a tool that we use. And to what Khalil says is, as pastor, 
it would be easy almost just to buy a program, mm-hmm. bring in a speaker. Hire a staff person. Hire a staff yeah. person. Okay, you do this and I can go back to my life as usual. So true. What you have to do is dig deep inside. It's the painful process. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, then it kind of also starts happening to the people around you. Yeah, People see that change in you and they catch on that fire and that's sort, sort of where it goes. But it really, that's one of the chapters in the book, isn't it? Yeah. It, it all begins with you. Amen. It's you the know? underlying principle. That book yeah. is going to be titled The 20 Plus Mindset, yeah. and we are halfway through it. So if you're wondering where to buy that book, you can't, uh, <laughs> but it will be coming out soon. And when pray, it does, for, pray for the work. Yes. It's being happening, Father and Ron writing it. Yeah, it's so fun. And yeah, and, and once it comes out, we'll do another podcast and kind of launch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited about it. I love what Father just said there to refocuses refocus the conversation on it's not a program it's a person mm-hmm. because to say it's a program or try to solve the problem with money right if i'm going to yes. bring a person on i'm going to throw money at it if i'm going to engage a program i'm going to throw resources or money at it that's a sin against the first commandment we want our people to fall in love with jesus Amen. the person that has to start with you mm-hmm. that's got to start with me that's got to start with you person in the pew or yeah. you who wants to stand in the back come closer Get to know Jesus. And then from there, the programs start to make sense. Yes. From there, the programs start having impact. Mm. But if we were just a bunch of empty shells and you bring Alpha in, it could be the best Alpha in the world. Mm-hmm. You could be leading it every time. It's not going to go anywhere. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time. And I know that's one of the tensions with within churches is is, is we're not connecting. We're, we're not being able to speak each other's language to get on the same page to uncover a drive. But if you don't have that drive to begin with, you'll never get there. It doesn't happen with just just good ideas and good programs. But, and again, the very minute I met you guys, that's what I saw in you guys. And that's why when you guys didn't renew, when, when you were with divine renovation, I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I know I couldn't sleep at night Mm -hmm. and not because, you know, I know how long this stuff takes and I know coming being coaching for a year, that's a great start, but that's all it is. And I just was convinced that you guys, the impact God would have and wants to have through your friendship, through the faith you have, through your commitment is so significant that I just, I just felt like it would, oh, I just would have died if you, and so it was such a privilege to connect with you guys and to watch. Now, since then, Again, what I've seen, what I've experienced with you guys and your desire and your openness and your humility, I've seen so much growth in your team and your meetings and your structure. Mm-hmm. It's always an ongoing process. I mean, this trip has been a ton more work on that, which has been fun. But also, I know that, you know, there's been two different groups from Australia visit here. This weekend, you're doing your first leadership summit. You have a priest from South Africa coming, uh, maybe some more down from Chicago. What's it been like for you to host people and and just kind of share and and did you ever Two think people words. would be coming from across the world to be yeah. in St. John, Indiana? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell you how much we wrestle with it. I personally wrestle with it. We have this beautiful media ministry. We got these awesome this awesome <laughs> media team. Every time we turn the cameras on, I'm like, who the heck am I to share anything? But it's like if you're engaged in this process and you're mm-hmm. and you're walking with Jesus and you're allowing him to lead, we're just here to share. Like, we're just super excited. This is what we've learned. Like, I really got nothing else for you other than that. This is what works. This is how the light bulb failed. Like, you know, this yeah. is what didn't work. 
And it's awesome that other we can bless other leaders, other churches in that way. And by them coming here, to have them bless us, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if I, uh, you never really feel like you're worthy to just tell anybody anything, but that doesn't seem like these conversations are about that. It's just right. like I'm mostly connecting with the priests when they come. Yeah. Um, and there are issues um, when you as a priest try to do something special, the rest of the presbyterate tends to um, yep. cast stones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys are very lonely in the pursuit of this and feel mm-hmm. it's an uphill battle. And so when we've had different priests come here, it's been an opportunity really to be a, a brother, mm-hmm. to comfort. And most of the places that have come, they're really just starting. That's right. And I, I can remember looking up, like, like how's this going to ever get? I could see where I wanted to go. I could mm. see the vision. But how do you get there? And yeah. I know how scary and how exhausting that burden is on you. Mm. So when the priests come, that's oh. that's kind of my role, Yeah, is just to kind of let to see how they support them and, you know, let them ask the questions that they need to ask. And I remember for carrying that burden. Like that's to put it that way. Mm. Like you just put that vision out always that that can't. Well, be- I know for myself and I think Father Mellon alluded to this in his book. It's mm-hmm. lonely doing this. It's you got to, you're not only trying to, to win your people over into a different way of thinking of church. Mm-hmm a different way of them thinking about themselves as Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. But your success in that area is going to bring condemnation upon them. I, I worry about my yeah. associate who, you know, as more he gets in, enthusiastic about what we're doing, he's got to carry that burden as he leaves and priests start mocking him and teasing him. They don't understand. I don't, I don't hold any grudge against any I, of the, no. those guys. They don't understand. They're not, whatever reason, they're not seeing or they don't know how to proceed. Um, you know, and I think the thing is, is that there's a certain characteristic of priests who engage in this. And I think their personality types are the type of guys that want excellence, mm. that just don't want to mm. settle for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm saying other, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on other people. Right. I think you can see guys that when we go to conferences and stuff, I remember being at divine renovation conference, of course, there, I don't know how many countries were represented, how many nationalities, but 11. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, just 11. That was your first one. Yeah. yeah we were surprised cool. anybody would come be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, I remember uh, the food took tr- two planes to get there. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> In a car. <laughs> to really want it. <laughs> uh, that was my first time getting on a plane. I thought we were, going, thought was, we're going to yeah, China. Yeah, I thought like they were going to spin it outside. <laughs> yeah. <I was> just... <laughs> but discover that really great airport in Toronto. That, that was fun. For that all the times I've flown to Toronto, I've gone to Pearson, and there's this one right there in the city. Right <laughs> oh, on the right, lake. right on the island there. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I forgot about so that. so much more convenient. Um, anyway, um, I forgot what I was saying. You got a glimpse into our meetings with usually it's ideas, <laughs> yeah. not tangents. <laughs> not tangents. Something that Father said that resonated with me. I, I heard a talk by Bishop Barron, who you asked like who influences us. Yes, he's one of them. Yeah. Um, 
I forget the name of the talk, but he talks about envy and ambition. Mm-hmm. And the definition he uses, which I think he gets from Aquinas, is um, envy is anger at the success of another. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're all sinners, mm-hmm. starting with myself. Like, it's mm-hmm. so it's, we don't put anybody on a pedestal. There's nobody that's perfect. We're all subject to envy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there's envy here, but when you start having a little success, then it can drum up a little anger. It can drum up a little just resentment. And then well, we face, how do you manage that? Yeah, we face out, outrageous rumors about what we do and how we when do we it. To, and, yeah. and, you know. You guys aren't Catholic. What are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, this happy clappy because it's too contemporary. Are, are those drums? Like, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. So God bless everybody. Yeah. I mean, I just think there's a hunger for learning. Mm. That's another characteristic of somebody that wants to do this. Mm. Um, yeah. One of the things I've seen in people, because as you said that, I, I just start reflecting on all the clients that I've had the blessing to partner with over the years. And and there's actually different reasons. One of the things that most people misunderstand is a lot of people say to me, oh, you got to work with those young guys. You got to work with those young guys, you know, and, and I know what they mean in one sense. Because they think young people are open. And I would suggest age has nothing to do with openness. And impact is only going to, you know, it's like a a person and their yes to Christ. doesn't matter how old you are. When your yes is total and complete and sincere, God's going to use you to do crazy things. He's going to change your life. It's the same thing with priests. It has no impact on how old they are whatsoever. Because you can be just as close when you're 70 as somebody who's 30. And it has nothing to do with age, everything to do with attitude and disposition. And sometimes some of the people that I've coached uh, actually are scared. Some of the people I coach just are tired of being ineffective and so it's not, they're not as driven as you guys were. You guys were very. What scares them? Um, failure. Failure. Yeah. Yeah. Failure. That's the biggest yeah. fear of failure or failures that kind of have mounted up? Well, I think both. Pro- yeah. Yeah. Probably but a combination. Th- the number one fear of men is failure. Yeah. That they will fail. It drives me. Yeah. It Doesn't drives every, all of us. Uh, so, yeah. Or you, you cope with that fear. By tuning it out hmm. and just living complacently, right? Not risking anything. Not so risking, yeah. yeah, you know that's a good thing. Yeah. You, the word I love the word mm-hmm. because risk is essential. Yeah, right. it see it, if if we believe what we say we believe, if we believe that the Holy Spirit guides us, mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit somehow energizes us mm-hmm. to move in a certain direction. Then you have to trust mm. in the Holy Spirit. Yes. I, I was a simple test. I always talk to parishioners <laughs> about. It's like if if here's the test: if is this really the Holy Spirit or you? Because a lot of times I want to do something. Sure. You know? So and I know oh, the Holy Spirit told me we're going to do this. <laughs> Let us help you discern you know? that. And yeah. my my staff always rolls their eyes when I I do this. But here's the test: if it's something you want to do, yes, it's something that you're going to benefit from. Yeah. Is it something that um, somehow is going to aggrandize you? Mm-hmm. Chances are it's not the Holy Spirit. Right. If it's something you don't want to do, something that's going to be painful for you to do, something you'd rather put a nail through your head than do, yes. that chances are that's what the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is never going to ask you to do something easy. Yeah. They're never going to ask you to do something easy. Amen. Amen. And so the, the, the difficulty 
is that risk. Yes. Is saying, all right, this blind jumping in faith yes. into the arms of, of the Spirit. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that, then your community is going to stay right where it's at. Love it. Love it. It's so true. And as I hear the lawnmower behind us just getting closer and yeah, closer, yeah. I think it's probably a good time to wind to down. Wave yeah. them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father Sammy Khalil, I really Thanks appreciate how you're letting the Holy Spirit move you, motivate you, and drive you. I really appreciate your humility to continue to learn to do new things and to try new things to, so that others would be great and people would know, come to know the love of Jesus. Thank you for your generosity. I look forward to continuing to work together. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks. You as well, Ron. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are.